Okay, we are here with Skate Nutrition. My name is Kate. We're going to talk about weight loss drugs today. Big topic, I know. Everybody's kind of curious about it, right? Because if it works, then why shouldn't we use them? And I know that I have been in the just use what seems to be the most obvious way to accomplish my goals, right? Just go to that. That was the first port of call. And certainly when I was in my teens, I was 100% on board. And to be totally honest, a lot of that was because I just didn't really know what I needed. I, I really didn't know. And I it almost didn't even know I had a problem until it was marketed to me. You know, <laughs> I didn't know that my belly fat was stubborn until I saw people talking about stubborn belly fat. I didn't know that I needed to lose five kilos until I saw magazines saying, trying to lose that last five kilos. And then I would start dieting and I would buy into the marketing and my insecurities were easily triggered and I would totally just dive in. And without any education, without any knowledge, it was pretty obvious to use a tool that would be effective, get the job done, and then I could go on with my life. I totally didn't understand anything about lifestyle, anything about nutrition, anything about food quality or quantity or things like sleep or training and muscle. Didn't know that stuff. And the marketing deliberately doesn't want you to know that stuff or it makes it seem like that stuff is really hard. And I'm, you know, I'm going to give it to them. It is hard, but in a good way. We need hard. We need things that make us a little bit more durable and builds a little character. We need challenge. But let's kind of dive into this from a couple of different angles. I think that the reality is with weight loss drugs is they can be really effective and they can be an important tool for people to use. And they can also be really detrimental to people's mental well-being and health and people's uh, people's methods for losing weight or maintaining weight loss or pursuing this totally unachievable standard of beauty. So I think that there's two sides to this and I want to consider both. The reality is, is what each person needs is going to be different and people are totally welcome to make their own decisions about this stuff. So I want to cover this topic purely from a personal perspective as a bit of a conversation just a discussion, an open dialogue on talking about another tool that is available to us and some of the pros and the cons to it. So let's get into weight loss medication. Typically speaking, most of the drugs that are available that are FDA approved that can be prescribed to you by a doctor are going to do a couple of different things. They're probably going to help you reduce the amount of calories that you're eating it may decrease your body's tendency to absorb fat or other nutrients, and it can potentially increase your body's ability to utilize fat or energy, right, that you're consuming. So essentially, you're going to lose weight through these mechanisms. So it's not like it just loses the weight for you. It helps your body do a process that it already does, but for whatever reason, it might not currently be doing. So the people that we can consider when it comes to weight loss, now to actually get a prescription for some of these medications, you might need to fall into the category of diabetic, low blood pressure, or high cholesterol. 
um, or high blood pressure, sorry, not low. Now, actually, you know what? It could be low as well. It depends. There's typically going to be a combination of things that would result in someone needing some of these medications to help them lose weight. And what we're often talking about are people who are already, already obese. And so they have a chronic, um, I, I guess that we can say a, a chronic um, health issue where their obesity is something that they've lived with for a long period of time, right? So chronic means that it has been for an extended period of time. And when we think about the people that are dealing with obesity, and this could be, you know, from one extreme end of the continuum, which is being morbidly obese to just being overweight and being outside of a healthy range with a BMI, which again, we can have an argument for whether this is an effective measurement or not, but typically speaking for your general population that don't have a ton of muscle, it, it actually can be quite effective. So people can be overweight to different degrees, but generally speaking, the ones that are going to be utilizing weight loss medication or having it prescribed to them in a way that's actually going to be effective um, in keeping them in a healthy weight range, you know, for a purpose that serves their health and not just how they look, they're going to have either these conditions or be overweight. And so people that are in this scenario, I think sometimes some of the judgment that people place on those that are overweight is that they choose it, right? Obesity is a choice, is the narrative that people that are anti-weight loss drugs and anti-weight medication, that's what they will typically lean on as their argument. And you know what? Sure, there is certainly a contribution from your lifestyle that can be easily prevented by taking control of some of your decisions. However, at the same time, a lot of the people that are in this position have a lot of stuff going on that we may not necessarily be aware of or fully understand. And so I think it is important to appreciate that people that are overweight or obese or morbidly obese typically have some kind of genetic predisposition to maybe to being morbidly obese. They are in a food environment that encourages obesity and they've been brought up with behaviors and habits that also promote obesity. So it's almost like they've been given every single disadvantage. And I don't think you would talk to anyone who is overweight or, you know, obese and whether that's based on uh, their BMI or, or whatever you, metric you might want to use, you probably aren't going to talk to someone and they're going to be stoked on being overweight. And you're probably also not going to talk to them and they're going to be like, I've never tried to lose weight. I've just never, it's never occurred to me. When we really step into these, the shoes of these people, we have to understand that it would be fucking hard if lean people, if slim people, if beautiful people struggle with insecurities about their body, my goodness, people that are significantly overweight, that are carrying a lot of body fat are for sure going to be struggling as well and are certainly motivated to want to lose excess fat and lose weight and figure out a way to not be in their position. Now, sure, there might be a couple of rare people who aren't part of that rule 
but they're the exception. So I want to consider that the majority of people will be trying to lose weight and it hasn't worked, will not enjoy being in the body that they are in, and will believe that being fat is a negative thing. There's certainly a movement for people to consider that health can exist at any size. And this is important to appreciate as well. We have to understand that simply by looking at someone cannot tell you everything about their health and their status. And there is quite a broad range of what can be healthy. That can look quite different, you know? I think we have this understanding that if you're slim and lean, you're healthy. But there are some extremely unhealthy people that are really lean. In the same way that some of those people that we might look at and call obese are trying to live extremely healthy lives and can simply not lose the weight. So I think we just have to take off some of our perhaps associations with what someone looks like on the outside and what's happening on the inside, what they're trying to do, what they accept and what they do not like, all of those kinds of things. I think it's essentially as simple as saying, we can't judge a book by its cover. Now, weight loss medication can be very effective. It can help people lose potentially 5 to 10%, if not 15% or more body fat. And this will happen over a period of potentially months or years. Some people will stay on this medication for the rest of their lives. Some people will stay on a high dose and be able to go to a, slow, a smaller dose. And some people will be able to use it for a period of time and then come off it. Now, if it's being used for a scenario where someone has a lot of health conditions and they've tried everything and they really want to lose weight and they're putting into practice some good lifestyle changes, it could be really positive for them. And I think that they should have access to these drugs as tools in their arsenal in the same way that we use meal plans as tools, in the same way that we use the scales as a tool or a tracking app. These are just a bunch of tools that we can use and we can lean on and we can, uh, they can help us accomplish our goals. And different tools maybe use it in different times through different phases. So appreciate that this is, this is just one tool. Now, there are going to be scenarios where people are using these medications and not implementing changes elsewhere, and they may not be as effective, potentially still effective, but certainly not as effective as it would be if someone was putting into practice some lifestyle changes outside of purely taking an additional medication or bringing in a new pharmaceutical regime into their routine. Something that we have to think about, and this is probably leaning towards the argument against them or the thing that people can become frustrated with, especially when you think about celebrities using Ozempic or using weight loss drugs, is like, you know, I've seen stuff on the internet about Kim Kardashian using Ozempic. And it's like, man, she, she is already skinny. She has all of the resources that she would need to have the perfect environment. Like she's the kind of person who can afford the personal trainer and afford the private chef and afford, you know, all of the luxuries that you would think would support the, the perfect body. And I think a lot of people would also say that she does have this body that kind of represents a body standard or a beauty standard that a lot of people aspire to. So the fact that she would also use medication to slim down, it's like, man, like who's gonna, how can we win? Like, how could we get there? If they can't, then how do, how do we do it? And so it potentially prompts people to either want to give up 
or it gives people permission to also utilize these tools when may, maybe they don't necessarily need to or they're not the right person for it. And then you can take that further. And if we consider slimmer people utilizing weight loss medication, we've got this population of people who are wealthy enough to get their hands on these kinds of medications, who are just trying to be fucking skinny and have a lifestyle that is maybe about partying and socializing and climbing the social ladder. And they just want to be skinny and maintain their skinniness despite a shitty lifestyle. And I know of people who have done this <laughs> and this is my parents' friends and it's kind of terrifying. These are the kinds of people that it's, it, it kind of gives you insight into how the, um, the pharmaceutical industry is making money and it's, it's really happy to keep making money even if their medicine is not necessarily helping the right people. So I think that there are problems there. And, you know, one of the things or the way that we might put it is, and I've got an article in front of me, it is by a woman who talks a lot about body neutrality and accepting your body and overcoming binge eating. And she's written this list of the problem with weight loss medication. So I'm just going to read through this list because I just think that it will help give us a little bit of an insight into the psychology that some of us might be experiencing. So the problem is the way people are flocking to take the drug because they feel their shame is now validated because it's been socially sanctioned by people like Oprah or Kim Kardashian. The problem is how quickly we give ourselves permission to deflate. The problem is how easily we say, never mind, we can't compete. My body is wrong. If she can't do it, I can't do it. The problem is that now we've got a collection of people who don't want to take the drug, but feel worse about themselves than ever because they no, no longer feel validated in their decision to accept themselves. The problem is that we look at a panel of experts talking about obesity as if this is something new, as if they don't come in with their own biases, as if they don't have blind spots about the relationship between restriction, shame, dieting, and weight. I like that list. I'm into it. I'm, I'm all born in. I really, I, I do feel like that is potentially some of the repercussions of this conversation about weight loss drugs being in the mainstream media. I think it creates or potentially highlights blind spots that people have. You know, she mentions Oprah talking about this drug and it's like, man, if someone like Oprah, who has done so much work, who has spoken to experts, who talks to psychologists constantly, who's friends with some of the smartest people on the planet, if she is blind to her own issues with struggling with her body and she is continually pursuing weight loss, it just, it, it's, it's a big red flag to me. It is a massive red flag. And she's consistently talking about her weight in a way that is damaging to a lot of people and convincing a lot of people to abandon themselves, which is ironic because she's been so powerful in convincing people to not abandon themselves in so many other ways. But I think we recognize that, you know, women who have a lot of success, a lot of money, a lot of media attention are recognized around the world are a household name also struggle. You know, it doesn't matter. There's, there's, <laughs> there's really, um, no one is immune to it. And I think if there's anything, I guess we can just purely have empathy for the fact that, you know what, we're all on a journey and 
for some people, they might be at a point where taking this drug or seeking it out makes sense to them. And for some people, they might be beyond that point and they might be pretty at home with their body acceptance and being neutral about their body, but it might bring up some stuff. You know, it might bring up temptation and some guilt and some grief. You know, I think grief is a feeling that we can often experience. Um, and it's something that's an interesting thing to experience because you wouldn't necessarily associate experiencing grief when it comes to your body um, and talking about taking something like a weight loss drug. But it's important to just be with that grief. You know, there's no way around it. You just have to feel the grief about your body, about the way that you behave now, about the way that you might have behaved in the past, about decisions that you feel aligned with now, and even grief about the temptation that you might have or the thoughts that pop into your head about some knee-jerk reaction to not feeling good in your body one day. It's just the challenges that we have to keep working on and the healing never stops. You know, you'll think you're done, but you're not. <laughs> and this might be one of those moments where you're being tested. And it's just a nice reminder to do the work around body acceptance, body neutrality, and knowing why you're pursuing certain goals and getting to the heart of the matter and knowing why you want to eat well, why you want to move your body. What is it all serving? What is it all going to come down to in the end? Because losing a couple of extra kilos, I don't know if that's the most important thing. But let's continue on talking a little bit more about weight loss drugs. So there's quite a few different drugs that are available. I'm not going to go through the list. Um, there's a lot of long names and then there's also the branded names and the way that people might actually recognize them. But if we talk a little bit further, maybe about Ozempic, because that's just what people are bringing up a lot and having a little bit of education is quite handy. Typically, it's administered as an injection. Um, and so people can use it uh, once, once a week, generally speaking. Um, and then the dosage will change. So what it will generally do is it will slow down the stomach emptying itself. So your process of digestion is quite literally like this drug is just putting the brakes on it. <clears throat> it's also going to increase feeling full. So satiation will be increased. Um, and that's due to this GLP, it's glucagon-like peptide. And glucagon has some interaction with our brain and it helps us feel full. So by taking this peptide, it can help us feel more full. And then it also reduces the secretion of glucagon, um, which again, is that hormone that I just mentioned, which regulates appetite. So Dr. Nadolsky, who's great to follow on uh, social media, Nadolsky, I think it's just Dr. Nadolsky on Instagram. He just, by the way, is associated with Weight Watchers and he gets paid by them. So he is to a degree, bias. He's pretty open about it. Um, and if anything, you know, it's just nice to have a different perspective um, and get someone who has a lot of information. He's a doctor. He's um, got all the pieces of paper so that he knows what he's talking about and, you know, is officially the person that understands the stuff to a degree that is much greater than most of us. So it's nice to hear or at least read about what he writes and just understand it. And, and it helps to remove, you know, for me, I like following him because it does help me remove some of my probably just internalized fat phobia and my criticism of people who are obese. 
And it helps me just understand, you know what, people, people are in a position that I know that maybe there are choices that I'm making in their day-to-day lives that aren't helping them. But I also don't believe that people want to go out of their way to put themselves in that place. And usually it happens slowly over time. And every time they've tried to undo it, it hasn't been successful. You know, for people who are already slim and just want to lose a couple of extra kilos, which, you know, a lot of the people that we're serving are in that pool, it's hard to lose weight. Imagine having like 10, 20, 30 more kilos to lose. It is significant and it is relentless. And you have to figure out a system that works and it requires a lot of trial and error and many ups and downs. So if you have been on a bit of a roller coaster just trying to lose a few kilos, you can imagine that someone who is trying to lose more has also been on many roller coasters in their time. And so I think we can look at these people and judge them, or we can look at them and understand that they've been through something that we just will never know. And they've ended up in a position that it's unlikely that they want to be there. And so maybe this is the route that they need to go down to help them get there. One of the things that Dr. Nadolsky talks about a lot with regards to bringing in this medication is it just helps to clear the food noise. It helps people not obsess about food. Now, I would be so interested in observing and perhaps there has been a study I haven't looked for it but I would be so interested in seeing what the result is when it comes to this concept of food noise with the actual medication and a placebo because I think when people take something and believe that it's going to make a difference for them then a lot of that internal struggle would potentially decrease And that would not make a difference whether it was actually the drug or it was the placebo. You know, placebos are incredibly powerful. And there's been a lot of research purely on that. But I would be so intrigued about this particular type of medication, about that whole concept of food noise and whether just taking, just knowing that you're taking a medication, just knowing that there is something that is happening that you know is going to be affected, that you believe in, that's going to change you from, you know, from, it's going to change you fundamentally. It's changing your chemistry in your body, changing your brain chemistry, changing the hormones flowing through your blood. If you believe that, then I think that this food psychology would be transformed purely on that information. And so I would be so intrigued to know that if they could compare that data around people scoring this food noise concept against the people that are taking the placebo, if that is similar, if it is different, I would just be so intrigued with that because I think the psychological element of weight loss, of the relationship that we have with food, with ourselves, the guilt, the shame, the obsession, the fixation around it, the internal fucking dilemmas that we have, you know, it's like there is a lot of food noise. And I would argue that for people that are maybe not even trying to lose weight, there's still food noise. So it would just be so interesting to know a little bit more about that concept of food noise. But what has been reported is that people don't think about food as much. They don't worry about it. There's less food anxiety and it just becomes easier to feel like they can maybe relax around food and have maybe a little bit of freedom from feeling like they are seeking out their next meal, seeking out their next hit, trying to get a dopamine hit, you know, trying to eat something that they feel like and want and they've got a craving and then they shouldn't do this, but they want to. 
and then they punish themselves and then they restrict and then they don't. And, you know, it's like there's a lot of things going on, especially, you know, if you were someone who has some experience with disordered eating, um, whether it was an eating disorder or something that was a lesser, you know, something to a lesser degree, you will be super familiar with that internal dialogue. Um, and it's one of the things that I like about bringing in coaching because we bring in a third party that is separate to you, they're objective, there's distance. And suddenly when you know that that third party is looking at what you're doing and you can talk to them, there's something about it that just gives you the ability to make decisions that are a bit more rational, that are, it's almost like we, you know, I like to talk about the brain with the two different parts. There's the monkey brain and there's the professor brain. And I think it's almost like, Knowing that someone's watching you, you make decisions according to what you know you should do. The professor brain can switch on and it can be in control. Whereas when you have to make your own decisions and they have to be motivated intrinsically or, you know, in some cases extrinsically with some kind of outcome or result that you want, but you still have to make the decision and you're in full control and no one is checking in on you. That's when the monkey can pitch in and that's when the monkey chimes in and has all these opinions and suggestions and wants to negotiate the deal. But if you've made a deal with someone else, you can't necessarily negotiate. Well, you can, but you're going to have to consider their opinion or their judgment or their whatever. So I think that even that kind of thing can reduce food noise. Um, and then building on that, I know for me, food noise has been reduced by giving myself permission and accepting myself radical self-acceptance that has been such a big part of the puzzle and it was certainly not overnight but you know gaining that sense of food freedom to me freedom quite literally speaks to freedom from that internal bullshit and you know if for some people taking a medication can help them get that then you know why not I think that's probably something that we have to just allow people to take advantage of when they're in a position where they can't do it in other ways. And they might not have access to the information that you and I have, where we know how to live a lifestyle that promotes food freedom, where we can reach out to coaches and we can have people help us and we can get access to resources that help us think about food and our relationship with our bodies in different ways. You know, everybody's Everybody only knows what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And so I think it's so just, again, it's just so hard to judge book by its cover and assume that we understand everything that they understand because we don't. And if it helps them, then that's fucking great. That's so good. That's so cool that they're going to get some help and they're going to become healthier because I think ultimately at the end of the day, whether you agree with taking a medication or not, and I can tell you right now, I am someone who is super resistant to taking medication. But regardless of your opinion of medication, if something helps someone feel better and improve their health metrics, then is it a net gain, right? Sure. You might argue that there are some things that are not so great about taking a medication, but overall, considering the benefits that they may see, does it make it positive? I guess you're going to have to be the judge of that. But I think this can just be, like I said, a conversation, a dialogue where we consider both perspectives. Now, does this mean that I am promoting weight loss drugs or medications? No, probably not. 
<laughs> we're not bringing that into our coaching repertoire. We're going to use a whole lot of other things instead. However, it's just a topic that I don't want to skip over. I don't want to, you know, be ignorant of it. And I don't want to pretend like the conversation's not there. And I want to give people a perspective that is an understanding perspective that is somewhat informed and that just allows you to see it from, you know, a different perspective or if, see it, you know, with your feet in someone else's shoes. Um, I know that I have been very quick to judge people who are overweight. I know that I am pretty tough on people. Um, but, you know, let me let me give you an example. I find one of the most challenging things is it's not seeing people who are overweight trying to do day-to-day -day activities struggling. It's not seeing people that are overweight ordering a meal that I know is unhealthy for them. It's not seeing people getting soda at the supermarket. It's seeing children that are clearly overweight. That is the most challenging thing I think that I experience out in the world when it comes to what I do for a job. However, you will typically be able to look at the parent of that child and immediately understand what has led that child to have gained a significant amount of weight through their short life so far. And unfortunately, that is kind of what we're talking about when there's this genetic predisposition or this environment or this upbringing that is essentially conditioning children to live a certain lifestyle and have certain habits and behaviors and psychology around food that's really fucking hard to unlearn. So as much as we might be quick to judge, I think it is important to consider that, hey, maybe obesity isn't necessarily a choice and we can be frustrated and we can have a lot of challenges around the topic of weight loss medication. And I think that it certainly is being utilized in a bad way. However, is that not potentially every medication? I don't know. But I think for me, it is a no, I would not turn to that. Would it work for some other people? Certainly it would. Is it something that I think any of the people that I've worked with so far would need? For like 99% of people, no, there are a couple of people that potentially that would have needed to be their next step. But that is because it comes with a lot of other health things that were going on for them. So, you know, I, I just think that we've got to be considerate, we've got to be open, we've got to be empathetic, we've got to be understanding at the same time as knowing what's right for us, what makes sense for us to not give up on the journey that we're on, to not feel like, you know what, if there's a quicker option out there, maybe I should just do that to let go of the impulse or the guilt or the grief or the, uh, the what was the word I used earlier? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, temptation, <laughs> to let go of the temptation, to slide back into that mindset that many of us have spent a really long time working our way out of. We've been working towards being more accepting of our body, letting go of the judgment of ourselves, working through the shame, working through the guilt, bringing in these super positive lifestyle practices and focusing on taking the long way home rather than the short way. Keep doing that. Keep taking the long way. This doesn't undermine the hard work. This doesn't change anything. You're still pursuing a virtuous goal. This is still so important. And if anything, let this just be another test. Let this just be 
another opportunity for you to define yourself by this, that you do it in spite of these things, that you're pursuing this for reasons that are bigger than that, that are bigger than just what your weight is, that are bigger than just what you look like in the mirror, right? We're pursuing it for being the grandma that can run around with their kids, being the person that doesn't have to sit in the doctor's office waiting for results, being the person that gets to grow old and get themselves off the toilet and knows how to take care of themselves and can live independently and have a really high quality of life, being the person that even if they do get some kind of diagnosis, even if they are sit down by the doctor and told that they have cancer, like my dad has, knowing that they have such a phenomenal life, they're in such a good state of health that they are asymptomatic. They don't have any issues. And in fact, their health metrics keep on fucking getting better. And every time my dad goes to the doctor, they're like, oh, get out of here. We don't need to see you again. My dad gets to live with his diagnosis and doesn't have to change a damn thing. He's going to live for a long, long time. In fact, I think he's more active than me, but it doesn't change the, the facts that he has lymphoma. And if you haven't heard this story, I usually tell the story about my dad and my nutrition talks. So if you want to come to one of my nutrition talks, you can hear a few more details, hear the juice. But that's what we're doing it for. We're doing it because we don't know what the future holds. And all we can do is invest in it day after day with these positive changes that we make in our lives. And maybe our bodies don't look exactly how we might wish they looked. We don't look like Margot Robbie and Barbie, but that's, that's okay. That's part of what makes you special. It's part of what makes you unique. And let me tell you, people that are really good looking, I don't trust them. <laughs> I just, I'm like, you haven't been through enough shit. You just... <laughs> I don't know, but maybe I should take my own advice and not judge people by the way they look. Oh, man. I've been caught out. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for chatting about weight loss, drugs, and medication. This conversation is definitely not a comprehensive conversation. There's so much more to this, and I encourage you to go and learn a little bit about it and do some research from the perspective of just being curious about it and wanting to understand it a little bit more. I think it is stuff that is quite intriguing. Um, and there is a whole history of medication that people have used for weight loss. Some of it by the book, some of it not by the book, um, but it's super intriguing. And we've constantly, we have just forever since the beginning of time been obsessed with the way that we look and being more attractive and more lovable and being more appealing to people and people liking us more based on how we look. But it's not always what's on the outside. Ultimately, even if you looked fucking amazing and had a shit personality, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be living the life that you're living. So you know what? Accept what you've got in this moment. Accept your body exactly as it is. And just repeat that day after day. Accept what you've got in this moment. And just keep accepting it for the rest of your life. That's, that's your job. That's what you got to do. Okay. We will see you on the next episode.